Greetings, nerds. This is Cena Nerd. I'm your host, Sarah Belmont, and with me, as always, is our Mr. Producer, Will. I am ready, Polk. How are you doing tonight, Will? I am ready, Sarah. I am so ready. I am so yeah, ready. Let's I... just jump right to our guests. Okay, well, fine. I, I try to have some banter and I get cut off, shut down. I understand. <laughs> Point taken. Got it. Tonight, we do have a very special guest host with us who is always sharing her love and opinions about Arrow on Twitter. Sheila, welcome to the show. Hi. <laughs> Hi, Sarah. Hi, Will. I'm super thrilled to be part of the recap and get the opportunity to recap Arrow, the season finale. Are you serious? Yes, I'm ready. Let's do it. <laughs> See, I can't. I, I can't top it. Like. Yeah. See, that was so much energy. I just like fed off of it while we were doing a pre-show. I just wanted to just, just let Sheila just get going. Yeah. But Sheila, so you're like a massive Arrow fan. Have you been with it since season one? Yes. Um, six years now, counting, and 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 I think I'm gonna stick to it, <laughs> especially after this episode. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I think you made I'm, the uh, commitment. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. I'm, I, I constantly get annoyed and say, "Oh, that's it. I'm out. I'm out." But you know, I think I'm, 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 I'm damaged already by <laughs> the show. Um, so no, yeah, I'm sticking with the show. I love it. It's my favorite DC TV show. So I'm super hyped. Why is it um, like out of all of them? Because they keep just adding more and more DC TV shows. But why is this one your favorite? Well, I like. What I like about Arrow is uh, basically I love the action part of it. I think it, it excels when it's doing its action um, sequences and the choreography and all that. But, you know, I like the, the, the character development. I like that it's uh, more realistic in a way. There's not that much meta humans involved. That's that's what really I personally like about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm really bummed that they started introducing, you know, magic in season four, and then now mm-hmm. they brought the, the whole multiple universe and all that stuff. But it's part of being part of the, you know, multi-universe, the Arrowverse in general. But I especially like Arrow because it, it, to a certain ex- extent, right? I mean, as, as realistic as you can be on a superhero show, right? When a guy yeah. is like fighting yeah. uh, machine guns with like his little bow and arrow, <laughs> uh, as as realistic as I guess you can be. Uh, I like Arrow because of that. I like that it stays a little bit more grounded and, and uh, I, it's a little bit more dark in a way. Uh, although Black Lightning now, uh, I think it, it, it's kind of going through that. Uh, that's the direction that it's going. But, you know, I've already grown from, from, with the characters over six years. So, you know, I'm really at this point committed to the characters. Um, and that's, you know, that would be the reason why I'm sticking with Arrow. And then Steven and Mel, come on. I mean, seriously, you have to ask me. (laughs) I can be. Yeah. You know, it's, that's another reason too. Yeah, yeah. And we we yeah. talk all the time, or I at least say that I appreciate Stephen Amell almost more so than the show itself. Yeah. Like just his personality <laughs> online. Yeah. Like yeah. and his interviews and his fan interactions, like he he and he created Heroes Heroes Villain Fan Fest and is behind that and I think what he does, he's has been able to gain more fans and more people to the show because of just who he is as a person. 
Yeah, definitely. And, and, and he's one of those actors that actually engages um, online with the with the fan base. I think that's one of the things that I like about Steven Amell most. Yeah. He stays in contact with the, with the fan base and he seems to genuinely enjoy the show. So, you know, that's the contagious actor as well. So, yeah, it is very, his, his, yeah, his online persona as well as yeah, what he's, you know, on Instagram or whatever. You're right. It, it, it is very contagious. I mean, I, I, I actually, um, from a flat, the flash actually kind of back ended into arrow from the flash and, um, but I found that over time I've, you know, grown to appreciate the show. And I think part, large, large part of that is, you know, it's because of Steven and his, his charisma and, uh, just, he's just a fun follow on Twitter and Instagram. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. So yeah. season six, the finale episode, life sentence, sentence. I guess my big question, because a lot of us knew how this episode was going to end, we saw it very like well in advance so did knowing that ending ruin this episode for you guys Sheila you go first okay uh not at all (laughs) I'm huge into spoilers I live for spoilers so um I don't have an issue with it um I kind of knew what was going to happen but it, it didn't really alter my 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 whole perspective of the episode. Um, I was bummed about other things that I guess we're going to get into um, later as we speak about the show, but uh, no, it wasn't really, um, it didn't take any, any of the fun or excitement for me knowing it. I, I don't have an issue. I know other people do, other people do have issues with spoilers, but not me. I'm like, give them to me. That's <laughs> right. more interesting. Yeah. Right. I, you know, I don't generally have an issue with the spoiler because I think any fan of Arrow or The Flash, like once you get into that fandom, then you can't go online or check your Twitter without getting some spoilers thrown at you. So you just kind of become immune to it. At the same time, I will say knowing just how this episode was structured he he did the farewell tour. Felicity even calls him out on it. And the whole time I'm just like, okay, let's just get there because I don't really know why we have to have this um, considering I know what the end result is going to be and how it's like written on his face. And, and you just are, are waiting for it, that shoe to drop the whole time. I felt like, uh, Will, what about you? Um, I, I agree with both of you. Uh, as you both well said, um, uh, yes, you you can't go with with these shows. I mean, there's always you know bootleg photos from the set and other spoilers and things like that. But you know when you when you get spoilers, it, it's it's just a snapshot. You know, it could be a, a still photo from the set, but you don't. A lot of times, you just don't have any context. And so from that standpoint, it for me, knowing kind of knowing where things are going with the show. It's always in how well the cast and the director is going to execute the whole episode, and um, and so so watching the episode, I, I was I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was uh, you know a lot of good signature arrow action as far as the fight scene scenes, uh, especially you know right there at the beginning, um, the 
showdown between Oliver and uh, Diaz on the roof, even though it was cut short. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, it, it didn't bother me knowing that, okay, yes, he, you know, he had the farewell tour. Yes, I was hopeful that somehow Quentin wasn't going to die. And for a moment there, I was like, hey, he's actually going to get his moment to sunset. But, of course, they crushed that. <laughs> Well, it was, it was so, a good, they, they executed that pretty well because it, you know it looked like okay he was he got shot by Diaz and mm-hmm. and you know Black Siren should have known that this man has no qualms about doing anything. I mean hell he like sought down the kid from Juvie Hall to like burn up thirty years later. So you know right. so you know so there was that that part of the episode and as I said I, I was hopeful that hey Quentin maybe will you know, be lucky and uh, can have that moment walking into the sunset and have that door open for him to come back and visit Star City, but unfortunately we didn't get that. Well, regarding the the farewell uh, tour, I was so annoyed, to be honest. I just felt like the whole time, every time Oliver went to have a conversation with one of the newbies, the whole time I'm throwing uh, popcorn. At the TV. Why is yeah. it this way? Why aren't, if they were going to go that route, I think it was them who needed to actually offer uh, Oliver and Felicity an apology for their atrocious behavior. But so see, that bothered me. I, see, I take a little issue with that one. I think Oliver needed to apologize. And, and how he treated Felicity and not telling her about the, his agreement just basically oh, no, captures. No. No, captures no, no. No, everything no, no. why he got into this jam in the first place. <laughs> okay, Sheila. Now, I feel like we're suddenly in a debate, so I think it's Sheila's turn to respond yeah. to what Will just said. <laughs> oh, my God. Are, are we really, like, are we going to get to that now, the the Felicity scene? I, and oh, Oliver, the, the last, oh, geez, okay. <laughs> I have so many issues with that scene. Um but my problem with it really it w- it was more about the camera angles and the, the directorial choices that were, uh, and some of the writing. Oh, God. Uh, where do I start? Where do I start? <laughs> <laughs> Oliver, what is wrong with you? It's like, I, I, this is the sixth season, and I feel like Oliver is just going backwards. Uh, I, I had so much hope with Oliver at the beginning of the season. Well, all throughout the season. I just feel like, he let me down on the last episode. Um, it, I just can't comprehend how he made that decision without telling his wife. And yes, I understand what people are saying, that she was going to try to change his mind and this and that. But we're talking about a life-changing decision. This is something that... Don't get married. <laughs> if you don't basically understand that it's just the one simple uh, thing about marriage is that you have to trust your partner and you have to rely on them to make this type of decisions and he when it comes to the moment the episode before oliver was completely saying you know the 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 opposite he was so concerned about not leaving not losing william and felicity and not leaving them and then he goes and he voluntarily (laughs) goes to samantha watson Mm -hmm. and gives himself like go go ahead you know take me so for me, it doesn't make any sense, you know, and then, um, huh. 
it, it's terrible for me. I don't understand. You know, I get what we're trying to do for season seven, and and I'm super hyped. I'm super hyped for the new storyline that we're gonna get. This whole Supermax and all that, but it's just they could have picked a different dialogue. You know, I, I, there were other other ways that they could have arrived to the same conclusion without really kind of like uh, destroying Oliver's uh, character development. Um, but I guess. They're probably going to get into it next season and give us a scene or two. Every time I feel the writers messed up, <laughs> they right. somehow yeah. eventually, once they get the, the feedback from the fan base, they go back and they say, you know what, let's just give them a little scene where we kind of fix <laughs> or give them a calm them down and give them a little bit more insight into why he did what he did. But to me, it's completely... Uh, it just doesn't make sense. You know, it's just yeah. the issues that I have sometimes with continuity when it comes to the show. One day we see a certain storyline or certain plots, and then by the next day they, they do a complete 180 on it. So, you know, it, it drives me crazy a little bit, but gotta yeah. love Iroh. Well, see, you, you, yeah. well, and the reason why I said what I said was it's the whole issue of trust and the lack of trusting people throughout the season and breaking up the team because of his trust issues led him to get into this jam where he is having to, you know, if he had talked to Felicity, maybe he could have, like, they could have together come up with a better solution. Granted, it probably couldn't have because things had pretty much, I mean, had run their course as far as him having to out himself. Um, but, uh, or, or having to go to the FBI to, you know, to basically, uh, seek their help and and, and stopping Diaz, but uh, that, that and that's that's what I meant by uh, why I thought that he made the wrong choice and, and not trusting Felicity and, and with this like with this life changing decision and um, and you know how it falls out with William Willett, you know all the things he tried to do, you know when he stepped away earlier in the season and let Diggle be arrow. Um, be the Green Arrow and trying to shield William and always be there for him and you know he broke that promise earlier this year now he's you know breaking his heart now by you know admitting that he's the Green Arrow and now he's going to be taken away from William the very thing that he tried to avoid happening to begin with yeah and he didn't didn't he just promise the same thing to William like last episode Buddy, yeah, I'm never gonna leave you. It. No, yeah, he promised so, Felicity. Yeah. Yeah, to Felicity and William uh, on that scene where where Risa, remember he was telling uh, in front of Risa he was telling um, William how he just became his dad. And buddy, I love being your dad, and you know, I'm not gonna let uh, Diaz take me away from you. So flip flop, <laughs> <laughs> and that's all I gotta say. Huh? All right, sir. So Breaks. Uh, what's your like thought? There's like a lot of different thoughts. Um, I hear what you guys are both saying. I honestly don't care that he hid the truth from Felicity. Um, I thought I I kind of for for my perception, um, even though it is a breakage of trust, um, this is where the true Elicity ang- angst always comes from. So as a shipper, um, <laughs> I get angst next season. So I'm happy about that. Um, and I, I, so something dawned on me 
prior to the finale that one of the reasons why this season works so well is because you have Oliver go from having a full team of people around him and support and a full family life. And you see it all kind of um, one by one become dismantled um, through from Kane and Jane's actions to ultimately Diaz's action. And with Diaz, you see him form that kind of family, that kind of um, support around him with all of his um, henchmen. Mm-hmm. And he, he then um, what they, the writers did in a very quick way, um, but made sense was those these last few episodes they slowly or they very quickly took everyone that he had placed himself around um he ultimately turned he became his own worst worst enemy much like oliver queen does and he pushed those people away before and then it was just diaz facing off against oliver and i thought that was done very well and so in this i think what the writers were trying to do with the farewell tour was re-cement all of those relationships really quickly, which didn't work for a lot of viewers, and try to make it feel like, no, they're, they are stronger when everybody's together, even though Oliver is withholding the secret. But it's Oliver Queen. He always withholds at least one bit of information at mm-hmm. all times. That's true. So, so, yeah, quick story, quick opinion short. That's, that's really how I sum it up. So Diaz survived. Yeah. What Sheila, what did what are your thoughts about Diaz surviving and probably going to be seen in season seven? <laughs> oh, I hate Black Siren and I blame her completely. <laughs> <laughs> she had one mission, just one mission, one mission. Take care of Diaz. That that was the one kill that belonged to Black Siren. If she really wanted to redeem herself and, and stop flopping in this this story and she failed somehow she found a way of um i I don't know what she was doing i i i'm still thinking that maybe somehow she's working with diaz and we don't know and they're gonna pull that uh twist somehow next season i just it's hard for me to understand what she was doing because oliver already had him Mm -hmm. it's not like she came and helped Oliver to uh, fight the guy and she thought she was gonna, he wasn't gonna defeat the guy and she just got in the middle of it. It wasn't like that. He already right. had the guy. So she did this on purpose. She did it to throw him in the water. She didn't know there was water there. I mean, I don't know what's going on. I don't understand, but I blame her. I blame her for Diaz's escape and now we have another season of Diaz. <laughs> I don't know if it's going to be another full season. If they do it smart, he he's going to be that villain who gets killed off in episode um, seven or six. Like they usually have lately. I've been noticing a trend with these seasons, how they always start off with one villain mm-hmm. at the beginning. And he usually gets killed off either um, episode six or seven because there's a bigger player in the background. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you on that one. I think yeah. that's what's going to happen. They're probably going to bring the longbow hunters and and hopefully introduce the jackals. Mm-hmm. I would love that if that happens. Why, um, why would you love that? I don't know about them. What are they? Remember Joe, Slate's son? 
and oh, he's in charge of the yeah. chapel now. That's right. That's so right. I'm 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 actually thrilled and hoping that they become part of season seven because I enjoyed um, that whole banter with Joe Wilson and Oliver, and he has a personal vendetta now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that would be really, and, really cool. Yep, that's a good point, and it's an easy way. Even though we won't we can't get Slade back for the DCEU reasons, it'll be a good way to carry that Deathstroke storyline well, forward. Yes. Stop trying to make the DCEU happen. It isn't going to happen. Well, well, but yes, but but Deathstroke is on the shelf because of that nonsense. <laughs> yeah, no, listen, I'm still, I'm. I'm I have a candle next to my bed. I'm praying that that stroke the movie flops so we can get Manu Bennett back on the show. So, you know, never say never. I'm, I'm actually praying for that. Hopefully it flops. Yeah, I, I will I'm, say that's never going to happen because they don't make movies. they just like announcing movies. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's so true. He's perpetually going to be on ice. But well, Jack we can have Joel be- listen then. Yeah, but that's the that's I didn't think about that until you just until you just raised it. That's a, that will be a good, a good, uh, good villain to have for season seven. And also, I mean, along the the bows, they they don't drop these little hints for just for art, you know, just for oh, we're just gonna put this out there. I mean, I I think they will also play a role in seven, season seven. Yeah, no, for yeah. sure. Yeah, Slade's always gonna be around. Yeah. Um, considering what he did in season two. So Detective Lance is dead. Are we going to anticipate Earth 2 Detective Lance appearing in season seven? Probably not. And I blame Siren too. Uh, I'm with Sheila. If they wanted to do the redemption arc, they should. But maybe they're saving it for season seven, or maybe, you know, with who knows. But um, yeah, you know, it. I, one, my only complaint with this: if they're going to bring Sarah Lance back, they should have given them a moment. Uh, but you know, because I, I don't know how, unless they're going to set this up for some. Some part, and I don't watch Legends of Tomorrow closely, so I don't know if there's you know, reason to do this. But if there's going to be something carry over to the Legends as far as her losing her father and 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 their season four, then maybe you know maybe it was the reason why they didn't have to let them have a moment together before he passed away. Um, but otherwise, as a fan, I was just kind of like, well, if you're going to do it, at least at least let them have a moment. True, I agree a hundred percent. I mean, um, Sarah, after all, was the the actual only living child, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. the one that really um, should have had a, a, a at least a small scene with uh, Quentin, and we yeah. just got her crying, basically on um, just looking at her father's dead, but we didn't get any any interaction, and and I felt like that was. Mm, that was a mistake in in my opinion because I don't think they're gonna have that opportunity to do it on Legends. Um, uh, Paul now is gonna be with ABC. He's gonna be a lead on a show. It's a bigger network. Um, yeah. I'm happy for him. He's gonna be collecting some coins. Travel. <laughs> <laughs> um, he deserves it. He's a great actor. Um, but I I think he they deserve the scene. The characters. Um, 
I just felt like in Arrow, honestly, I just felt like Quentin always, always had a uh, preference for Laurel. And even, even after Sarah departed the show, we never, we never heard any piece of dialogue where, where, where he mentioned being in communication with, with Sarah or, I just didn't understand that part of uh, of that relationship. He always seemed like he was more concerned about Laurel uh, than he was about Sarah. Yeah. Yeah. No, that that makes sense, and it probably had to do with the fact that he thought Sarah was dead for five years, and when you grieve someone that much, and then they reappear, and but they reappear as a different version, then don't forget. They die again. So then you re re grieve them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Good then point. they get on a spaceship to go and save time. So I I can understand the preference now why he suddenly prefers Earth two Laurel over Sarah's beyond me. But well, I mean, despite them not having a scene together, I really liked the scene between him and Oliver yeah. because I. And the only thing that I really wish had they had actually said was like when Oliver was leaving the room, if if he had actually said um, son and referred to him as his son, I think that would have just been the icing on the cake for me because we've talked about it previously this season about that relationship and how Quentin hasn't been used a lot. And I think that since about season three, they really scaled back, but this season he was used perfectly, and mm-hmm. I really appreciate that, especially considering they did have to end up killing him off the show. Um, they did it right. Yeah, they did. They did. I mean, we, we talked about this that earlier this season, uh, that his arc was pretty much complete, and we were just speculating how... Um, you know, what was going to be next, you know, how, how, how would they handle Quentin? And obviously we, we, we see the answer. Right. And, and I, I don't know, I would have liked better if, uh, when Oliver was leaving the room, if at that point he would have died of a heart attack there, you know, like, if we, yeah. <laughs> sorry, this sounds wow. so bad. What yeah. I mean, <laughs> let me rephrase that. Uh, what I'm trying to say is that, which is, <laughs> Sarah, you have no room to talk. You were trying to kill Joe West all last year. No, no, no. What I'm trying to say is that we should have seen him pass on camera. Um, Instead, we got this whole uh, Queen Captain Lance, you know, sees in the middle of the uh, surgery. I I think we, since we didn't have a funeral for Quentin, and he was Mm -hmm. such a love character, such an important character, at least we should have seen that thing where he passed and, and... see Oliver's reaction right there. You know, they could have, uh, or the whole group. Um, but I I don't know, I, I understand. It could have kind of like looked like Laurel's scene as well, and I think it would have triggered a lot of fans too. So, yeah, okay, I, I guess it, it was perfect the way it worked. Yeah. Yeah, the same hospital room every time. Yep. <laughs> yeah, like the lands. I, I, I don't even know why they bother. I wouldn't even go there. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, take me to the bunker. <laughs> Let's do a uh, impromptu surgery, but I'm not going to the hospital because if I'm a Lance, I'm not going there. Siren, watch it next next season. Don't go yeah. there. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, 
so I kind of feel like we talked about maybe both of yours um, least favorite points, and which is surprising considering you both claim to like this episode. So what didn't we cover that you guys really felt like stood out and made it a really good episode? Um, for me, I think the action sequences were really, really strong. I mean, obviously, you know, Bam Bam, but given his history with, you know, working his way up the ranks and doing, you know, being the fight choreographer in the past, I mean, I, you know, clearly showed in, in the, in the direction. Um, but also, I was, even though I kind of knew where things were going, especially when he was given the, the, um, for the making amends and speeches with everyone, it, it was a nice, it was a nice closure episode for this season. Because, you know, when you think about season five's finale with the grand cliffhanger, um, that was just a huge event type of cliffhanger. This one was, what I liked about this episode was it, 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 it really tied a lot of the threads from all the season up into, into a nice ending where, you know, after the episode ended, I was like, okay, I, I felt satisfied because yes, I know Oliver is going to go off the supermax, but, um, it, it made sense. I mean, we this it, it this carried that this thread throughout the season, and as a viewer, I'm like, okay, I I I, I can accept this ending um, for this season, and I look forward to season seven to see how you know you know how you know Stephen teased it on you know throughout that. This is going to be a game changer. And so it truly is a game changer. And now how do we move forward with Oliver, with the Green Arrow's identity being public knowledge and the ramifications of that with Felicity and William and, and the rest of the team as they, as they move forward? And how does the FBI play into this? Are they going to, you know, hope it's not going to be like, you know, think about a show from my childhood when the A-team legit and sorry, working with the government, you know, that was sort of the downfall of the series. So, you know, you know, if Oliver does get out, um, when he gets out, it's not a, if, it's when he gets out, <laughs> how is he going to be, you know, as the Green Arrow, as an outed vigilante? And, um, you know, and, 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 and whatever threat that they bring to Star City, um, how is that going to... You know who? You know now that 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 threat knows that it's indeed Oliver. How's that going to impact Felicity and William, and how do they stay safe, uh, given that his identity is public knowledge? Thank God for Argus, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> John made the right call. Um, me personally, I I loved it. I I. I I know I'm ranting about certain things that are going to change, but I, I thought it was a wonderful episode. It had a little bit of everything. Um, the action scenes were really good. I was really impressed with Mr. Terrific. This is the first time that I saw him actually fighting somebody where I didn't feel like he was just terrible. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, it, it makes me think that actually from the previous episode to this episode, they, 
definitely several weeks passed because he just, he was stabbed the the episode before almost bled out and all of a sudden he's kicking ass uh mm-hmm. fighting um so i was excited to see that terrific got a little better when it comes to the fighting um Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I wonder if they're going to be training him all through Hiatus, and by the time we come back to se- season seven, he's actually going to really do something else that besides throwing balls. Um, so that's <laughs> it. <laughs> uh, the name so is really, T Spears. Yeah, T Spears. Yeah, uh, 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 yeah. Um, so I'm happy that um, I I get to I got to see that part, and then you know. Um, uh, the action was really awesome. I was very excited about that. And, and then the character development parts, you know, I, I basically, I cried. I was mad. I laughed. Um, it was like a roller coaster of emotions. And, and ultimately, that's what I think uh, a season finale, uh, it's all about. You want to, you want to, you want to really get engaged with the episode. And I was really engaged with it. Um, a little frustrated at the end, uh, but I'm very hopeful for Oliver and Felicity and William. Um, I can't wait for Oliver to be reunited with his family. Um, but I'm excited to see what's going to happen in, uh, in Supermax now. So it's, it's, it, I felt like it was, it was a different type of uh, finale where mm-hmm. it compared to last year. Uh, but it was very effective. I, I think they needed to do something different. You don't want to repeat over and over a pattern and make everything just predictable. So I think they actually, we had, you know, we had knowledge of the spoilers and all that, and maybe that lessers the impact of what they were trying to do. But had we not know any, uh, any spoilers previously, I think it would have been a great, great season finale and, and shocker for it, for a lot of people because they would not be yeah. expecting it's going to happen. Well, if oh, yeah, I yeah. like if somebody didn't know about that, I could I could only imagine being that viewer who's watching and be like, what do you mean he's going to jail? Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? Well, or not even knowing that Quentin was going to die at all. Yeah. They had no idea that he was on another show and all that. And all of a sudden you're watching the show and you see Quentin dying. You know, you had to be. Well, oh, will, wow. Yeah. Frustrating. I, and I give them kudos for actually following through. So they've teased this Oliver getting out it multiple mm-hmm. times, and they always like figured out a trick way. You know, earlier in the season, it was the film, the footage was doctored, and there was all you know. Then, then they had the trial. They had the uh, you know um, Roy. Roy, yeah, they had Roy, and then mm-hmm. and then Chance, you know, mm-hmm. crashing in. So I have to give you know, I have to give the creative team a round and a applause to actually carrying it the uh, outing out because, you know, they could have easily fall into the little trap door of like, oh, no, we'll, we'll figure out a way for Oliver to keep a secret. But nope, we are, we are, we're going through, we're going through with, with this. Right. And, and not to like go all the way back to the beginning of this discussion, but the, when you guys were talking about Oliver's decision, I found it particularly interesting considering that it both sounded like it was perceived as being selfish when Oliver's always being selfish with his decision-making. And yet, in a way, this decision ultimately is one of the most selfless things he's done because he hasn't, he didn't place the blame on anyone else. He didn't 
use any like the queen name or his position in the society or anything to really prevent this from happening. He knew what he had to do. And I think that what ultimately also played into who he kept it from um, because he, he, it wasn't that he was going to be talked out of it. It was more that I think he struggles with having to actually have said that goodbye. And so he wanted to like it be removed from the table. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. So, and, and he, and, and I like, and in, in that moment with him and Felicity, I really do like that moment where he talks about how they did get back the city and then he doesn't say it. I don't think I have to rewatch the scene, but he almost starts to say, but I lost it because he ultimately lost everything. Even he, he, he basically was like, you guys can have this. I'm going to go away. And I'm the problem. Like, it was just this interesting um, moment of self-reflection. Yeah. It was. Yeah, because I think he was counting on catching Diaz. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, 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 was, uh, that was something that wasn't planned for him. He thought he was going to catch Diaz. So at least he thought that William and Felicity were not going to have that uh, bouncy now on their head. Um, but then again, I mean, a, the counterpoint could be that he ended up outing himself so that also puts another um target on them but <laughs> oh, it, oh, it does. yeah yeah so i i think he was he was definitely being selfless uh he he was trying to protect them he was he tried to figure out a way to do what he thought was the right thing but the problem is that oliver always goes back to the same situation where he just goes into island mode mm-hmm. and um in and and by now, we we were expecting that, you know, after six seasons, uh, Hollywood would learn his lesson. But I think it's just part of who he is at this point. And, and, and Felicity said it back on season four. There's going to be a moment where he was going to be forced to hide um, stuff from her. And, and he would return back to be um, Oliver, um, free, um, island Oliver and and. I don't think in the whole sense of the of the word like that, but there is always some trait of that in him. Yeah. Um, but she knows it, you know. She uh, Felicity knows Oliver, I think, more than anyone else right now in that show uh, of the characters that we have. More than anyone else, Oliver mm-hmm. fan. <laughs> sorry. sorry. That's not even a thing anymore, right? Yeah. At least not in Arrowverse now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So prior to this finale, Arian, we got some pretty awesome news of what to expect this fall. And it turns out that woman is heading to the Arrowverse. Um, did either of you look at these articles? I did. Okay, yeah. so give us a scoop. Break it down. So What's going on? So basically for our crossover for this year, uh, our heroes are going to end up in Gotham. And um, we're going to have uh, Batwoman, Batwoman, uh, Kane uh, is uh, Cat Kane um, is going to be uh, a, a part of the a part of our our Arrowverse and uh, it's going to air in December. 
as far as the crossover. Don't have any other additional plot points yet, but um, but that was the big that was the big takeaway from uh, the upfronts this week. So it was really funny today. I was listening to some um, Heroes Villains Fan Fest interviews with the cast, and it was I think it was the San Jose one from last fall with OTA and Emily Bet Ricards in response to one of the questions of who, what other heroes from the DC universe would you like to see um, come on board? And she said, that woman. Yep. That's all that. (laughs) (laughs) And I wonder if she knew back then. um, I wonder now if she knew back then and she just said it as a, as a joke, but the joke was on us because she was right. <laughs> what are the chances? <laughs> so right. So yeah, right. what are the chances of getting it that right? I don't know. I think she probably knew. Mm. And well, I I mean these crossovers seem to get better and better. So yeah, well, now that they're doing this, that's going to be pretty epic. Yeah, and it's only um, yeah. So we have Kate Kane as Batwoman coming um onto the Arrowverse, and, you know, they've been teasing Ferris Air for so many years, so it's just a matter of time before Green Lantern shows up. I mean, because... <laughs> very nice, very subtle there, Will. Continue. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you know, we've been talking about, you know, Gotham was always name-dropped, and, you know, those kind of things, and, you know, Wayne Enterprises and stuff, and um, so we knew that, we knew that they were in this universe, so it's just a matter of time. So maybe next crossover we'll have we'll have a Hal Jordan show up, or maybe John Stewart. Is there a female version of the Green Lantern? Uh, there 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 has been. I can't remember her name off the top of my head, but um, because at this rate, that's what we're gonna get. Because with Supergirl and Bat- Batwoman, yeah, that's that's who gets TV shows. Yeah, not the DCEU movies, but the TV shows. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Well, it has been so much fun talking with you both about the season finale. Sheila, thank you for coming on board with your enthusiasm and your your facts. So we appreciate it. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm super excited. Thank you for having me. Um, yeah, where, where can our uh, listeners find you on Twitter? I own it, but I don't know if it's, it, it's this thing if I'm maniac in the mother house. All right. Is that okay? That's okay. fine. Thank you for joining us. Thank you Thank for you. having <laughs> I had a blast. Have a good night. Okay. You too. Rising from the depths of a state called Michigan, two inebriated dorks prepare their plan for intergalactic domination. Mixing their extensive knowledge of geek culture with their insatiable thirst for alcohol, these two man-children bring you a show like you've never heard before. They will tell you tales from faraway lands and have you questioning their taste in beer. But make no mistake, friend, for the best coverage of your favorite comics, films, and TV shows, there's no better source for you to get your fix. So listen up, strap in, and prepare yourself as Jake and Tom conquer the world.
We are back talking Krypton, episode nine, Hope. And guys, I'm so sorry. I This is the first episode in a while that I've been very disappointed because it made the most annoying mistake and did <laughs> not answer last week's questions at all. It didn't even pick up where it ended no. in a way. And it was very frustrating for me, almost to the point where I couldn't really pay attention the first 20 minutes because I was constantly like, where's, Come Adam? On, sh- where's Adam? Where's yeah. Adam? Where is he? <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, I didn't really, it, it didn't, I didn't really think about it as much until you brought it up just now, but you're right. It, it, it was almost, it was kind of a time jump because we, you know, we get that epic ending and that, you know, very heart wrenching ending last week with, mm-hmm. um, and, um, and then we get this, it was very cold. You know, it was a very like, huh? Okay. Um, we don't pick up where we, where we start, where we were left off. And, um, but that being said, I actually did enjoy the episode. Oh yeah. It's, it's a fine episode. I just, I, I was disoriented because not only did it skip over the time, but it didn't say three, three days later or two days later. So yeah. you're constantly trying in your own mind, trying to place like, okay, so where are we? And then you start to hear the characters refer to some of the events mm-hmm. and what has happened. And they mention Adam Strange, but they mention more as him sacrificing himself for them. Right. And I'm like, no, he didn't. No. He's somewhere. <laughs> He's somewhere in time and space. <laughs> he'll show He's up in the finale. freaking strange. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. He's, maybe he's back on Rand. But, and and then and then you're right. I mean, once you get past that and start looking at this episode, they it's they're they're moving parts. This is a penultimate yeah. episode. Yeah. They got to set up that finale, and they they really did set it up. And they yeah. had a lot of action, a lot of people, and a lot of choices being made uh, right from the get go. You have Lyda choosing to go with General Zod to unleash Doomsday Day. Yeah. And she didn't tell her mom. She didn't tell Seg. She just left with her future son. Yeah. And and from then on, you you have a lot of drama and a lot of um, decision-making that will probably impact the characters in future seasons. Totally, totally. Yeah, it... it, it um... I don't know if we want to jump right to the the big like reveal in this episode or, or... the reveal that I called. Yes, yes, you <laughs> you win the award for 2018 for calling calling a, a big reveal in, in a TV show because you you completely did. And... I finally did it, guys. <laughs> I feel so like vindicted. Like this vindicted is my or, moment. Or, or validated. Validated. I can't even get the word right. I <laughs> She's just... so ecstatic. Yes, you should be. You should be. And I thought of it. I, I should have like I, I I last week tweeted from our show account, uh, but I, I, I didn't want to tag you because I, I didn't want to spoil it for you because I, I remember you calling it. So, uh, but hey. Way to go, partner. Yay. <laughs> so, so, yeah, what we're basically talking about is the fact that General Zod is a L and a Zod. He is yes. both, and therefore he is Seg's son, uh, which is 
it's kind of funny considering how much generals general zod wanted to kill sag this yeah. episode <laughs> yeah <laughs> fortunately he waited till after he was conceived <laughs> are you sure are are we certain that that light is pregnant right now oh uh, yeah i think so i mean at moment i mean what else have they had a moment this season where uh, yeah i mean i, I think pilot episode. yeah but i don't think it happened then Right. Yeah, huh. timing-wise, it would have been nah, she would have been showing by now. So, so, yeah, I think this the moment where they shared at the beginning of the episode was where it happened. Which begs the question: this whole Genesis Chamber thing, is, are people sterile or not? I'm just trying to figure out. Which all these little babies in the Genesis Chamber, but then clearly Seg and Lita are are fully functioning people. So it's, it's one of those things to bookmark for future episode of Krypton. I try not to think about where babies come from on Krypton. Well, I know. I'm just saying, I'm just thinking like, how I this, know. Yeah. It's like, you know, whatever, if this is tied into the, um, yeah, creative team, as far as, um, Man is still, I mean, it just begs the question. That, yeah. Yeah. Cause that, yeah, because yeah, wasn't that one of the plot points of Man is Still was why Kal-El was so special? With, um, it, it, it was. It was yeah. in the very beginning. They, they conceived the right way if you're on Earth and yeah. the wrong way if you're on Krypton. Krypton. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> But, I know we're going I mean, way deeper I mean, than we need to go, but it's just, okay, but it's just a we'll, very, yeah. <laughs> You've led us down a very scary path right now. Yeah. And I don't, I don't think that that's, that's the, that's not my question. At least my question is yeah. more about how does this all play out? Because but it does. even if it's, she is yeah. pregnant with yeah. um, General Zod right now and Seg is the father, yeah. we know that General Zod was told that his father was somebody who was a soldier and died in war and his mom never really spoke about him too much. So there, there definitely is some fallout that will occur and that relationship will be very, very strained between Seg and General Zod moving forward. And, and this is, this is the beauty about this show. I mean, they've said it, the creators have said it from the beginning. This is a story of House L and the House Zod. Mm-hmm. And so just by interweaving them that much more, you have that much more potential drama in the future. Yeah. And I, I even, um, more importantly, this episode, um, also featured some Zod on Zod on Zod action. Yeah. <laughs> because, not only does Lyda in the future not speak about Seg to her son, but she doesn't talk about her mom. Nope. And that causes a lot of disharmony to occur because Jaina is very much on the side of Seg in mm-hmm. this decision on whether or not to release Doomsday. And ultimately, in defense of her son, Lyda steps in and takes her mom out. and. Yeah. Jeez, I mean, her mom just sacrificed everything for her daughter, only for her daughter to come back and and put her down. Yeah, but I mean, but it, this this it has been built into this moment though, because 
Uh, so it didn't it didn't really surprise me when Lida shot her mom. I mean, it it was like, what are you doing? You know, but at the same time, some of the earlier fight scenes and the challenges, you know, the dynamics that they had as far as her being Lida being a soldier and her mother being tough on her and and so whenever she did it, I was like, God, you're an idiot. But at the same time, I, it, it thematically it made sense for her to do that. Um, so, but yeah, it, it um, you know it it's one of those things with this with this show that I think why it's so refreshing mm-hmm. as far as storytelling and uh, not uh, being being willing to take chances with a, a very known franchise uh that being superman in the superman universe um mm-hmm. and so it it also i think deepens that as you mentioned before that that story the tensions between the house of l and the house of zod in that um lyda is clearly siding with her son drew zod and and because you know, and and since Jaina sided with Seg, I don't know if it's going to be in the finale or hopefully if it gets reused re- season two, we'll we'll start to see that schism between Lyda and Seg, and build up to that division that we're we're so familiar with now between Kalel and and General Zod. Yeah, yeah, because. Man, does General Zod not have um, a good, high opinion about the House of El at all? And no. you you start to see he he kind of goes into a lot of his his disapproval about what that house stands for, which which was really interesting to see the polit- politics in the background. Mm-hmm. We now on the other hand of this, while all of this is happening with the Zods, you also have Sag and Nissa. Mm-hmm. OTP. Yep. <laughs> you think? <laughs> Nissa is such an L. <laughs> yeah, she is. She is. I she, thought I thought earlier that she was going to flip and end up uh, betraying Seg, but no, no it's just not going to be the case. Well, see, that's another interesting thing. I mean, what you were just saying about we were still speculating on how that division between Seg and Lyda occurs, the same thing can be said for Seg and Nyssa, and um, it's pretty masterful what the writers have been able to do in a very short period of time with both of these relationships to where you you see Nyssa in one scene act very conniving and or have have some ulterior motives but then the very next scene she'll she'll be a part of the mission and seem to resemble what house of l stands for mm-hmm. and just to general genuinely care for sag and yep. the people he's trying to protect so you know that there's something else going on and that she is a character who could easily switch at any point. Um, but for the time being, she, he gives her the, the key to the phantom zone, the house of L emblem. Mm-hmm. And 
I did not expect this. I, this is one thing I didn't call, and I'm kind of mad at myself for not, um, because in the very last scene, you have Brainiac take on Sag, and it's to the point where he was about to kill him, and then yep. Nissa comes in, and bam. Yep. And they set it up in the first scene in this episode. They did. They did. They but, did. Yeah. But it was so many other things going on during the episode. It's full, you're totally forgiven for, for not picking up on that, that, that particular plot point because, yeah. Yeah, it, it, it worked. It, it, it really worked. Well, it worked for about the few minutes where they could get out of the room because yeah. Brainiac is still there. <laughs> yeah, the true Brainiac, which is, uh, yeah, um, you know, it, that whole that whole scene really was the whole structure of that thing with, you know, with Black Zero and um, and the Sachari like working together. I mean. That was, if there was a point in the episode where I did kind of like, okay, maybe wasn't as strong was, was the, the, you know, Brainiac, you know, basically using those tensions against each, uh, with the two factions against each other, or the two mm-hmm. guilds against each other. Um, because I was like, okay, that's kind of predictable. That was my only, like, as far as the episode itself, that was like the only one where I played where I was kind of like, ah, oh, okay, uh, not, yeah, okay, I've seen this. But otherwise, I mean, I, I thought for penultimate, it, it did it did do us its job in setting up for the finale. And the other thing I think as far as what we're going to see is uh, the fate of Candor is not going to be solved in season one. Oh. Well, I mean, there, we've got a lot of time before Superman is on Earth, so I'm I'm sure... That there are plenty of stories to stretch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's going to be one and, that's going to be stretched. Yeah. And also, I mean, this is a superhero um, story. So for sure, Candor will always be in per- peril. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and rely on the choices of the characters. Yeah. But so and then last but not least tonight, we're going to talk about the showdown because they had some epic epic matches this week this is again i say it all the time this this whole show or whatever you want to call it contest competition works so much better when we have the champions square off like the veterans actually compete because this is what it's all about we started off the week with the team title match patriots versus above the line oh I rewatched this match. Yeah. That that first round, one question threw everything in peril when you had JTE miss um, Trouble in Little China. Yep. Right? Big, tr- big Trouble in Little China. Big, yep. big Trouble in Little China. Yeah. He did not include Little in his answer and yep. therefore forfeited the point. Mm-hmm. Then you you go all the way around the table, table until you get to Drew McWeeny, and Drew just writes thing on his on his board yep. and and Jeff points out well he didn't say the, the thing yep. challenge challenge accepted challenge denied point awarded and from there it, it kind of set a tone yeah it did it did I was like you know anytime anytime you see the uh, the Patriots on there they, they're just like JP and 
I was like, man, there's just like so much after NFL name sakes. <laughs> right. There's always something. There's, I, you know, every time I've seen, I've watched Schmodown and we've talked about it, there's always some kind, there's always something going on. Mm-hmm. It's never clean. It's never a clean competition. There's always a challenge or, a, you know, the, something. But, yeah, but this time the challenges did not work in their favor. It, this, it didn't. Yeah, this but, time, a lot of the decisions that occurred in the match were ruled in favor of above the line. Therefore, the antics didn't work out. It didn't work out, but again, I think it's more just the fact that there's always drama around them. And I think to your point earlier, it's why the championship matches are always just so intense. The, yeah, I. Particularly with so the particular, with another, particular veterans that are, that are participating. Another big part of this is that I think as soon as. JTE fumbled with that with that answer and for forgetting little. The next question, um, I believe he got wrong, and from there on, you could tell he was a bit off his game. Yeah. And even in round two, where they played a really good well, uh, played a really good round, a few of the answers that JTE had, Jeff didn't didn't want to say initially, so they had to go to multiple choice, even though JTE was ultimately right. So I think with this team, because, I mean, Will, you're new to this show, but yeah. JTE has been known, like, prior to teaming up with Jeff Snyder, he was considerably the one of the worst players on the showdown. He would just lose and lose and lose, and then he suddenly became a winner. And I think this the Patriots are really dependent on JTE being on his game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's funny you mentioned about JTE, and I was I was looking on Facebook earlier today as far as some of the one of the Schmodown uh, groups, and someone like broke down uh, some of the veteran Schmodown contestants who were kind of on the bubble for uh, at least with singles making it uh, making it to the finals. And JTE actually is. Uh, uh, is, is, is kind of one of those uh, singles match bubble participants. So yeah, yeah, yeah. He he's a he's a man who can who can um, ha- play a really good game on par with any champion we've had, or he's a man who can fumble the football every single time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, I mean, and it's interesting, especially when you compare him to Sam Levine, who also had a rough start in this show, and now, what do we know? The first ever double champion of Showdown. Yeah, total. Yeah, he's just a freaking machine. Even though, uh, I mean, if we want to switch over to the singles match, we can Let's uh, go. Yeah. Uh, wow. You talk about just a, a, a very fun, like, it, it was just, I, I I was really, really, one, I was really pulling for uh, Carpool, uh, mm-hmm. for first off. But, you know, that, that third round, I mean, just to get to how Sam was able to, I mean, it could have gone, honestly, it should have. Clark should have won that thing, but she just fumbled on that question. Um, but uh, but but Sam is just a master. Like when he was going through the light, the speed round, the lightning round. I mean, he's just like a like a video game. I don't know machine. He's just like he can just nail. He, he, he's quick. He's quick on his feet, and he can 
answer those questions very, very well. And, you know, have you built up a little bit of belief because of that? But Yeah, it, it was, it's interesting. This match, it, it was almost lost, not, okay, well, first of all, no one got a single answer in the third round right. Right, yeah. <laughs> <Which> <laughs> I was shocking. like, yeah, I was like. I was in there answering. I was like, I, I, I should be able to. I, I was able to get a few of them. Yeah, but none of them, yeah, they were. They were like gagging. I'm like, all right, who who wants this? Like, who's going to uh, say and like, like, yeah, get it first. But, I mean, yeah. once it gets to the, um, oh wow, why am I blanking now? The lightning round. Yeah. It's it's really is anybody's game, and you get one wrong answer, and then suddenly you're you're not the winner, even though you played a great game. But I was just shocking that nobody got it. So for me, I I feel like this was really all determined by round two and yeah. what happened with we had neither player played a perfect round two. Yeah. Both of them had questions that were stolen. You had some multiple choice uses. You, you had a challenge occur and, and really Christian and Mark are to blame for that challenge because Clark would have been ahead two points yeah. had they not hesitated on that answer. Like Sam Levine didn't realize that it was wrong. He just took off like the fact that they were hesitant. Yeah. And so he's like, okay, I'll challenge it. <laughs> <laughs> Which was smart because yeah. there's a lot of times that um, the judges will, will award points to an answer after, you know, a little bit of hesitation and like, do you see this? Do you agree with that? Mm-hmm. And those are the things that people should be challenging, not like the patriarch. Patriots who get in their own way and use them like just outright. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's that's very true. But yeah, yeah. Um, you're yeah you're, you're right though. I mean that 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 I think that's where I was when I was watching it. I was like, okay, I think you know, I think Clark could could pull this thing off. But yeah, I mean and Sam. I mean Sam acknowledged it at the end. He's like, look, I could easily not mm-hmm. be. be you know, two double champion here. Um, and, but, he, you know, it, it was just his day. And sometimes, you know, that, that um, you know, things break your way and it did for him this week. Yeah. I mean, they went four rounds yeah. at the very end, um, both getting them right. And it, it's, it goes, it's like the show goes back to the first round where it's one point answers and you both answer the same questions. You get it wrong and then suddenly you're behind and you're constantly trying to play catch up. Yeah. So yeah. it's now we have Sam Levine, who's a double champion. And the next time we see the team title match, the Patriots will take on above the line again. Um, but the twist is. It isn't going to be a normal match. Nope. It's going to be Iron Man. So explain to our to our newbies what Iron Man means. Okay, they've only done this one other time, and it was with Star Wars trivia. It's an epic match. Essentially, the competitors, everyone has thirty minutes, and it's just straight movie trivia. And so it's question, answer, question, answer, question, answer, one point a piece each. Mm-hmm. At the end of the 30 minutes, whoever's ahead wins. That's it. Yep. You get one timeout 
and I think it's a five minute timeout, if I'm not mistaken, um, where they just put everything on hold and you're, everybody can have a breather. But it's just truly question and answer. The most knowledge wins. It's pretty epic. I do remember that yeah. Star Wars match. And it, if you if you if you want to see, yeah, go check out the Star Wars showdown um, because. Yeah, it'll it truly is Iron uh, Iron Man, and not and not in the Tony Stark sense, but uh, the uh, obstacle course <laughs> sense uh, of brain working your brain trivia. Yeah, yeah, it's it's kind of like the free for all where you're just answering as many questions right as you can and made the the last man standing wins. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a brilliant thing, and it'll be a lot of fun to watch, especially since this is first time they're doing it with teens, first time with um, and and so I don't know if the team dynamic is going to change the rules, um, considering we've only seen it in singles. I hope not, uh, because sometimes when it gets too much, like you can talk to your partner. I am, um, I don't know. It'll it'll be interesting, but. Yeah. It's been a great week in Snowdown, a it great week been. in the yeah, DC thanks. TV. Yeah, thanks for reminding me of the shows this week. It was uh, I definitely needed definitely needed that, and uh, it, it was definitely definitely working time. Go check it out, folks. Yep. And Will, where can listeners find you? Yes, you can find me on Twitter at Will M Polk W I L L M P O L K. And you can find me at SJ Belmont, S-J-B-E-L-M-O-N-T. Please follow our crew on Twitter at Cena Nerd. Friend us on Facebook, but most importantly, rate, subscribe, and comment on both iTunes and SoundCloud. You can also find us on the iHeartRadio app. Good night, geek out. You're welcome. Mm-hmm.